DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to welcome in Dan Feldman, NBA writer for NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk. He joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Sprint makes it safe and easy to get what you need online. Please visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Dan, good morning. Hey, how are you doing? We're doing all right. Uh, the NBA seems to be getting closer and closer to a return, a Thursday vote. The reports are out there, 22 teams. Uh is there anything that's going to derail this? Because it seems like it's about to happen. You know, I, I could see something derailing it, but this is by far the most likely scenario. They've weighed all the options they've got to this point. Like, it's hard to see what that would be. It's not a done deal yet, right? They've still got to have the vote. There's still room for something to happen. Uh, but it just seems so likely that this is the way it's going to go. How long do you think when we say this is the way it's going to go, would the season be if they have some regular season games – and then some postseason, because we know now the postseason is basically two, two and a half months. How long do you foresee, would you forecast at sea going with this new plan, whatever it might be? You know, you can shorten it up a little because there's no travel, right? Sometimes there's two days off between playoff games. You can mostly, if not always limit that to one, so that'll shave off some days there. Uh, but I think everybody's at this point comfortable with it, you know, going into the fall, uh, September, October, see what's necessary, exactly how many regular season games you're going to play in this plan. And, uh, you know, do you need to have a break before the playoffs? How long the training camp do you have to have before? So, uh, reportedly, they're looking at a July 31st start date. The, the thing I'm real curious about the length is how much flexibility do they have if it gets delayed because of coronavirus, if you know somebody tests positive, is there room to add days off before their team's next game? Uh, things like that. How much flexibility is there, or is it, hey, somebody tests positive, like we're moving on with or without you? That's just what it is. Or what if you know there's a coronavirus outbreak uh, within the whole operation, and you need a couple weeks to to get that under control and and feel like you can? I mean, maybe if, if that happens, you can't. But is there flexibility to to have a delay there? That's what I'm really curious about. So this long layoff, has it benefited any teams uh, more than others, or has it hurt any teams more than others? The answer is yes. Uh, the unsatisfying answer is we don't know exactly who, right? It's which teams uh, are staying in the best shape or on the other side staying, uh, not staying in the best shape, getting out of shape and you know, we know we have a sense of how players are motivated to stay in shape, what kind of condition they're in during the structure of an NBA season in normal times. It's like in a lot of businesses, some employees are better at working home than others, and you don't necessarily know who they are until they're put in that position. This is just generally not how it works for NBA players. Uh, you know, if you watch that horse competition on ESPN, you, you saw such a varying level of, of courts that players had access to and those are the players who had courts at all not everybody does and so everybody's coming back in different places you can look at a team like the 76ers uh, where Ben Simmons got healthy and say yeah that could be good for them they got some more time for Ben Simmons to get over his injury Uh, but Joel Embiid has had conditioning issues throughout his career particularly when he's been hurt and out of the team structure a bit so that could go the other way there's a lot of who knows with it did we watch the horse competition this is sports radio conley was in it we broke it down for two weeks <laughs> and he had the nicest court right that's got to bode well for utah i think you know i i can't imagine any other players having a 
nicer setup. Maybe some some other guys have the same setup, but you know if he's motivated, he's got all the resources he needs to to be in game shape, and not everybody does. Right. So with that in mind, and that that's well articulated, uh, what do you think that they will do? With that, as you say, to get in some form of shape, whether it's exhibition games or it's regular season games, leading up to the postseason? I think there'll be regular season games. I also think there'll be a, a period before that for a training camp. Now, my curiosity is uh, a lot of the best practices for coronavirus, there were reports that they're going to have everybody quarantined for two weeks once they got to the bubble. Well, what does quarantine mean? Everybody has different ideas about it. To me, quarantine is pretty strict. Like, you are in a room alone. You're not mingling with other players on your team. You're not going out and, you know, that's how you can ensure that coronavirus isn't there when you start this whole bubble or campus setting or whatever they want to call it. Uh, So that's another two weeks if they're doing it that way of how good a shape are you going to be if you're locked in a room for two weeks, if you're you know locked in a very small area? Uh, and so you might need time after that to ramp it up. Uh, it, it depends on the structure exactly how much they need to allow here. Dan Feldman joining us, NBA writer for NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk. Do you anticipate 100% of the players on the 22 teams, if that's the plan, but 100% of the players going to Orlando, 95%, 70%, how many – how many people want in on this? Uh, I'm going to say uh, over 100%, because I think there's going to be some roster flexibility. I, I think there's going to be room for two-way players to play in the playoffs. This all has to be negotiated, but I think it's headed that way, of two-way players being able to play in the playoffs when they wouldn't have otherwise, and maybe even roster spots beyond that, because everybody's worried about injury. Everybody's worried about uh, a player getting sick or, or these things where you don't want it to devastate a team's depth, uh, something like that that emerges in these unprecedented situations. Get teams a chance uh, to be able to put you know capable players out there and you know you don't want to compound it right if a team has a couple injuries you don't want to have to start playing other players way too many minutes and putting them at greater risk of injury too do you find it odd and maybe odd's not the right word but nevertheless i'll use it in this situation that the league could restart but yet they won't include everybody in some ways, yes, right? You put it that way, and yeah, it does seem weird, like all these teams. But let's just look at where the NBA goes at this point of the year in mid-March every single season anyway. These games don't matter. For the teams outside the playoff race and you know, out there, this is not something you guys have experienced often. Uh, teams outside the playoff race, they have nothing to do but start tanking. It makes for miserable games. I don't see a point of playing those games as they're played in regular times, uh, let alone now. So as you look at this going forward, do you think this is the playoffs are going to play out kind of uh, generally with the better teams doing better? Or to your point earlier about these different opportunities for different teams and possibilities, could this be a total outlier and the finals could be a six seed versus an eight seed? 
You know, I don't know. We look at the 99 lockout. The, the Knicks as an eight seed made it to the finals. And, you know, I think the lockout had something to do with that unpredictability. I also think that happened to be a year where the East one through eight teams were fairly balanced, where there wasn't as large of a difference as most years. Uh, but that was still atypical. To me, uh, the answer to your question, I don't know what the answer is going to be, but I think the answer is going to determine whether we, uh, as onlookers, put an asterisk on this season. If it's a weird thing where, hey, it turns out the Magic, where the team that was best in staying shape and, and they go real far, maybe even win it, people are going to say, you know, okay, good for the Magic, but also we're not trying to honor an NBA championship for the team that did the best job of staying in shape during a global pandemic. That's not what we're trying to honor here. That's the type of thing that would get an asterisk. So it just depends who wins to me, uh, whether or not we'll view this with an asterisk. Every single one of these players and coaches has individual lives and they have their own sets of circumstances. We know with Joe Ingles, we have him on the show every week. His wife is pregnant. He's got a special needs kid. How do you think it's going to play out as far as allowing some form of families and whatever it may be to be in Orlando during this time, however long it is? Yeah, it it makes me nervous because on any level, right, you don't want players who want their families there to not have that, to be away from them from so long is is not good. And to invite them is not good either in a lot of ways uh, because it's more people who could bring in coronavirus, who could spread coronavirus. It just makes the whole operation more dangerous. Uh, there's no good answer there. <laughs> Everybody's gonna, if, if there's a way to do it sufficiently safely, I think you you know you got to allow it and have families there, and that's the better option. Uh, but to, there's you know there's no exact like safety yes or safety no. The more people, the less safe it is. That's just the reality of it. Uh, and so you you hope to find the right balance. It's not easy. So how much is the NBA uh, embracing the concept of a December through August schedule, and how much is it just kind of a necessity based on how the end of this season is going to finish? Do you really think five years from now they're going to be playing December through August, that this will just be a a natural transition and they'll stick with it? You know, it's a great question. I don't know. I mean, this is the opportunity. There have been people within the league pushing for a December start. And so there's been interest there. And if you're going to do it, it makes more sense now than ever, right? You already will have your calendar lined up. You don't have to do anything. In fact, to get back to the October start as you're used to, you're going to have to adjust something else to get back on that track if that's what you want to do. I, I think they're going to go back to the October start just because, yes, there's been some – uh, support for moving it back to December, but that's that's you know kind of the the loud minority. I think there's more of a silent majority happy with where it is, and I I think you're going to hear more from them if it starts to go the other way. Um, but for the people who want a December start, this is the opportunity. What is your guess on what will happen? Uh, you know, I think they're I think they're going to come back, and I. You know, I I don't know. I I really don't. I mean, everything is so unpredictable in these times right now. You know, I think they're going to come back. I think they're going to get it up and running. And I don't know exactly how far they're going to get. You see uh, basketball leagues elsewhere in the world have have thought they're coming back. And then there will be stutter steps along the way of, oh, it's, you know, 
hey, something came up with Corona. It's not working as, as we hoped. And uh, that happens all the time. The NBA has a lot of resources. If anybody can do it safely, uh, a big operation like this, it's the NBA who, who seems to care about treating its players the right way, who can pay for testing, who can uh, deal with all this infrastructure, who seems to have a, a good setup at Disney World. But I'm not sure anybody can pull something of this size and magnitude off in a time of Corona like this. I, you know, I don't know, but I, I tend to think it's going to work out for the league, but would not be surprised if something interrupts this whole plan. But the fact they're playing baseball in Taiwan and Korea and the fact they're playing soccer in Germany, shouldn't that encourage people who are looking at the NBA coming back? I mean, there's three leagues, and I realize those sports are all outdoors, and maybe that's maybe that's a, a big difference, but it seems like they're able to pull it off. It seems like the, the resources the NBA has, they ought to be able to do it. Yeah, that absolutely is encouraging, but like you said, those two sports are outside. Uh, baseball players are socially distanced during a game far more than basketball. Uh, the league in soccer has had some, some cases, Right, so that's not perfect there. Uh, but yes, those, those things are encouraging. I, I just remind everybody, though, uh, that who would want to give the NBA the benefit of the doubt, the NBA was playing games when it was not safe to, right? Before they shut down. Now, I didn't know it wasn't safe. A lot of us didn't know it was unsafe. Uh, everybody, I think, has learned a lot about this very quickly. But the NBA also then was bragging about how on top of things they were. That they had the, you know, they were talking to health experts. They knew what was going on. They they kept playing too long. Like in hindsight, I can say that, you know, but I'm not claiming that I was on top of things. Uh, even the night Rudy Gobert tested positive, they planned to tip off a game that hadn't started. The Pelicans refused to play against the Kings. Otherwise, the NBA was like, yeah, let's just play one more. That was not a good idea. So I'm not sure that like just because the NBA thinks it's a good idea, it's going to be a good idea. But I do think they're taking a little bit more precaution. A lot more precaution now. How tough is it going to be for the Jazz? Because obviously Bogdanovich is out. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, one of many concerns, right? I, You know, there are questions about uh, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. I'd like to hear from Donovan Mitchell about how he feels. Right? A lot of people in the Utah organization have, have said, hey, it's behind us. That's on Donovan Mitchell to say. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to see that from him to have confidence in it. Uh, the Jazz have a shot. They're a talented team. They could advance deep in the playoffs. Uh, but, but they've got to figure some of these things out. Dan, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll read you online, NBA writer for NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me.